Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Hello, listeners. Uh, Today is a really cool interview with Julie Broad, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about her in just a minute. Um, One thing that's so funny is that we, we just... At the end of recording our interview, we got to really talk, and we should, probably should have still been recording, and that happens often. So I, I need to start recording beyond the interview because there's so many good little nuggets and, and cool things that we we chat about. But Julie's really awesome, and I'm excited because she just moved from Vancouver Island, Canada, to Los Angeles, so she's not too far from me. But um, this is this is why you're going to want to listen to this interview. There's a lot of you who maybe who have been through the process or thinking about going through the process or you're about to start the process of writing a book. And I think we've talked about this maybe on another podcast or two and I've got some some other experts that I'll be interviewing as well in terms of why having a book is is so great and everybody that I do talk to does does a different thing around writing a book. Um and Julie's uh, pretty cool in, in all that she does. And uh, if you listen towards towards the end of the interview, after we get into all the nitty gritty about how to write a book, um, self-publishing versus traditional publishing, um, what if you can't write worth squat, all those questions that you would have if you're about to enter into this process. And um, at the end, we talk about the whole reason why she's doing this. And I'll tell you a little bit about her now, and then you'll get to learn more in the interview. But she herself is an Amazon overall number one best-selling author. She's an international book award winner, and she is the recipient of the Beverly Hills Book Award for Best Sales Book. And she's an entrepreneur. She's a successful real estate investor, and she's also been awarded the top 20 under 40 award. Her latest venture, which we focus on in this interview is book launchers and book launchers helps entrepreneurs and professionals build their brand and boost their business by writing, publishing, and selling a top quality book. And this business is pretty new. So she's, um, she's an expert in the whole process, but she's also kind of taking that journey with her clients right now. And it's, it's a new business that started in 2017. So I love that. I think it's awesome. She obviously is an incredible entrepreneur and, uh, she's, she's doing something that she's passionate about and really came about from saying, Hey, you know, it would be cool. I'm telling a lot of people to do certain things, but a lot of them are having challenges actually doing it. What if I could provide the service that allowed them to actually fulfill these goals? And so that's what she's doing. And she's got this incredible team that she's put together that helps you do that. Um, but there's so many great things we're going to talk about, you know, how, how do you, how do you get seen on Amazon amongst like all of these 8 million books and should you publish yourself? And if you do want to self-publish, like how on earth do you do that? And all kinds of things like what are the mistakes that some people make, uh, should you even write a book? And if you do, why are you going to do it? And of course, how, how is this going to help your business at all if you do? So listen out for all these, uh, amazing conversations that we have. And if you want to learn more, you can go to booklaunchers.com and enjoy the interview. Hello, Julie. And thank you for doing the show with me today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Well, we're going to talk about some good stuff. 
Um, you have such a really cool background and the cool the, what, why I'm interested and excited to talk to you is because I've I don't know if you know this, but I was a ghostwriter um, before I had my business. So years ago, um, I wrote books for other people. So I understood the importance of having a book. But I noticed that there was a big question from a lot of people before they even just, you know, decided they were going to do one is how do I know if I should write a book and do <laughs> I have anything to write? So I just want to like. I want to hear from you. What's your answer to that? Yeah, it is a great question. It's funny because uh, all of our clients, they start with uh, they start with a writing coach. If they don't have a, co- if they don't come to us with a completed manuscript, we always start them with a writing coach. And what what the writing coach has said after working with with a lot of our clients now is he said, you know, my job is not so much to coach people through the writing as it is to actually help them define who they are yeah. and define their message. So, and I'm sure as a ghostwriter, you probably had to do a lot of that kind of work too. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's a conversation that we have. Uh, I mean, some people just know. They're like, my story's great. I need this for my business. You know, they, they have a, they have a goal and they know the book is the way to get there. Now, the, the, the question mark that some of them, those people have is, you know, what do I do so my book isn't like all the other ones on in the market? Right. Um, but for the people who come to us and say, how do I know if I should write a book? Uh, you know, I always ask, what's your goal? Like, why why do you want to write a book in the first place? And that's a really important place to start because some people just want to write a book for the sake of writing a book. Um, and I mean, truthfully, that's kind of where I was when I wrote my first book. Yeah. But it's not a it's not a great that's not a great plan. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, it is, you know, if you're just driven and, and you you feel compelled to write a book, then, you know, go do it because um, it'll bug you if you don't. But uh, a lot of people, I think it's really it's a lot better to start with a goal. And, and a lot of people say, well, I want to be a bestseller that's not, that's not kind of the driving force. Why do you want to be a bestseller? Like what's driving that need to call yourself a bestseller? And as you break that down, then you can kind of figure out if it actually makes sense to write a book. Cause a book is, is an investment, um, an investment of time and an investment of money. If you're going to do one that you're proud of. So you really want to make sure you're clear on why you're doing it. And then you, then you can set up the whole book, um, to give yourself a much better chance of succeeding at getting to your goal. Oh yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the, what are some of the reasons that people um, come up with, you know, what is their why? Oh, there's so many. We have, we have lots of really cool uh, whys, if you will, with our client base right now. Um, One woman, she's, she's working on a World War II memoir and it's in memory of her uncle. He was in the Blitz in London and there's kind of a whole street of people that were part of this and have stories. And her uncle left her money uh, as an inheritance. And she wants to honor his memory um, with this memoir and hopefully take it to a screen uh, someday. So that's her goal. Like it's, it's number one, honor the memory of her uncle by getting these stories out. And number two, you know, get the story out and hopefully on TV or on a movie screen. Yeah. So that, that's one goal. Um, the majority of our clients are, are pretty straightforward in that it's, I want to get clients, I want to grow my business, I want to raise my rates, or I want to launch myself as a consultant or, or somebody in the service profession. So they really want to position themselves as an expert. Um, that's a really, really common one. Uh, we have quite a few podcasters that are working with us as well. And their goal is, is kind of twofold. They've got all this content from their podcasting that they want to, you know, repurpose somehow into a book. And they also want to grow their audience for their podcast. And, and so it's kind of a mutually beneficial 
thing. They've got some content, they've got an audience that will buy their book, and then they also want to use their book to grow their podcast audience. So a lot, I mean, those are just three, but those lots of variety in, in why people are pursuing a book. Right. So how, how does somebody, if it is something to build your business, your podcast, how does the book beyond, you know, showing yourself as an expert, how can you build your business with, with a book? It's funny. I, you know, there's, a, that's a big, we could have an entire day oh, conversation. Totally. That. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the one thing I can say from personal experience is a book opens doors that just aren't open to you before your book. And one perfect example of that. So my first book was in real estate. Um, you know, that's kind of my, my funny background is that I'm actually a real estate investor, um, oh. since 2001. And so my first book that I wrote was a real estate investing book. Um, and I'd already been doing uh, some speaking and like, like tiny little things, uh, you know, before the book, but after the book, suddenly, you know, major news stations were like, Hey, come on our show as a real estate expert where before the book, they, they, they were turning me down. They weren't even interested. Like they weren't even responding to me. Um, as soon as the book came out, it was like, yeah, come on our show and Hey, come back. And, and, and so it, gave me that credibility that nothing else really does. Same with paid speaking gigs. I was getting speaking engagements before the book, but after the book, people suddenly saw me as more valuable. So people were offering me either money or some sort of an exchange for me to come and speak that that wasn't happening before the book. So there's there's opportunities that are out there that you don't even know are there. Um, and so that's kind of the cool part of a book, besides the fact that it's marketing that never dies. So that's the one thing I always tell business yeah. owners is, you know, your business card, I don't, I, I hate to tell you this, but if you give me your business card, I might take a picture of it, but no matter what, it's going in the garbage can. Like I just don't keep business cards anymore. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are the same and brochures, you know, who's going to keep a brochure, but very few people throw books out, it's right? They'll so pass true. Them. Yeah. <laughs> they, they pass them along before they throw them out. So your marketing as a book, it lives for a long time and has a lot of mileage. You know, it, it sits on people's shelves, on their coffee table, on their desk, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yes. So how many people are coming to you saying, you know, I want to write this book and I'm going to get rich off of the sales of the book. Is that a realistic expectation? Uh, you know what? Most people, I think, are pretty realistic in in realizing that you know you don't really you know J.K. Rowling and you know a handful of people they're getting rich off their books, but even then you know they're they're getting rich off the extensions. You know yeah. they're they're it's not even I mean they they make money on books, but um, you know a lot of people are making money on the extensions that are coming out of it. Uh, most people are pretty realistic in thinking you know what you know I want to sell this book, um, but this book is going to pay for itself in other ways. And I always say, you know, don't look at it as break even on your book. Look at it as how am I going to 10x it with what I'm going to do in my business? You know, if you're if you're a realtor, how many commissions do you need to get to pay for your book? Probably just one. Um, you know, if you start to look at it that way, if you're a consultant, you know, if you raise your prices, how many new clients do you need? You know, five, you know, typically those are just some answers we've had with our clients. So I think a lot of people realize that the you know, if they can make, if they can make some money off their book, great. Um, but they're really focused on what the book will do for them and their business. Right. How, so there, there's, you know, obviously there's a lot of books out there and to really come out at the top and, and, you know, be seen within whatever your industry is, like you said, real estate, there's a lot of realtors out there. There's, uh -huh. you know, there's a lot in the, in the health industry. How do you, how do you get to be seen and really come out and, and, and actually sell that book and get people to, to want it. Again, a whole day conversation, mm. <laughs> but 
but okay, I'll give you kind of a couple a couple things. So one thing is when you look, a lot of people are always like, oh my gosh, there's so many books on Amazon. Well, focus on a category, focus on your niche. It's kind of like, you know, if you're thinking there's real, you know, there's a zillion realtors, well, really, who are you competing with? You're competing with the other ones in your area. You know, it's your marketplace. So you're really focused on, you know, who's your ideal reader and what do you need to do to stand out to them? Because it's not about being number one overall on Amazon. It's about you know, being number one in the category of readers that you want to attract. Um, and some really key points on that is making sure that you have a really strong hook for your book when it starts. And what I mean by that is it can't just be, you know, I'll use my, since we already talking about the real estate book. So my, my book was not just another real estate, you know, not, it wasn't just another how to invest in real estate book. It was a, a little bit not graphic, but it was a tell-all kind of book. I said, hey, listen, you know, you might actually not want to invest in real estate after you read my book because I was uncovering a bunch of stories of, of things that happened to us and that weren't that uncommon from people who dive into real estate and don't realize all the risks of it. And so I was, I took the, the hook of my book was, Hey, you know, this is the real side of real estate investing and you can make a lot of money in real estate, but you can also create a lot of problems for yourself. So it was a different spin on it. So you really have to have something that's different. So that's the hook. Number one, is, or that was number one. Number two is a great title. And it's funny how many people, they, they fall in love with the title before they've done any research, before they've done any testing. And, you know, this is one of the reasons we've actually turned some clients away is they come to us with, with finished books and they want us to help them market it. And they're not willing to change things like the title. Uh, and if you don't have a great title, you're setting yourself up for failure. And if you have a title that eight other books have, that's a big problem too, which is a, which is a true story. I had one guy come to me wanting, you know, my book's not selling and I'm having trouble. And I said, well, hey, first let's change the title because eight other books have this title. Right. <laughs> and, he, and he didn't want to do it. So I, I couldn't take him on as a client. Um, another thing is your cover. So a lot of people focus on how the cover looks blown up you know, what's it going to look like on my shelf? You know, even if they're thinking ebook, they're, they're thinking bigger, bigger version of the cover, but you need to think thumbnails. Cause even if you do get your book on bookshelves, uh, bookstore shelves, you're still selling 80 to 90% of it online. So that cover has to stand out in the sea of thumbnails of books that are probably going to show up in the also, you know, in the recommended and also bots. Right. And th there's a whole strategy to all of that. Is that, do you help clients with that and how they, how they show up on Amazon or when searching for that particular industry or topic? Yeah, absolutely. Because that's really critical. I mean, indie authors are getting the majority of their sales from Amazon now. And and uh, and so you have to pay attention to how Amazon is going to position you and show you to other people. And and it's one of the challenges with, with some people, they, go, they get all excited about these companies that guarantee them to be a bestseller. And a lot of it is a bit of a gimmick with they'll get a group of clients together and they'll say, okay, everybody's got to go and buy or get download for free. You know, usually they'll set the book to 99 cents or, or, or have it free. And they'll say, okay, everybody in the group, go buy each other's book, you know, tomorrow at two o'clock. And by doing that, you know, it, it often, if you're in the right category, it'll boost them up to number one in that category. The problem is now you've messed up your also bots. Um, because now, and you can see this, this is kind of, this is what happens when you say there's a health and fitness book beside a horror, beside an erotica, beside yeah. a business book. You're like, what? Like, who, is, <laughs> who is buying all of these books? Well, it's because they've done some sort of a, a you know, a, a gimmick for lack of a better word to get themselves ranked. And now it's messed up the algorithm. So there's lots of strategy behind what you should and shouldn't do depending on your goals. Yeah. 
I think it's so important to understand that or have someone like you, you know, work that you're working with to to nail that because that I believe is critical. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really is. So let's talk about self-publishing versus traditional publishing. And, you know, a lot of people know this isn't like news. It's the publishing world has changed drastically. And we know that just from the books that we search for on Amazon. A lot of the books that we're getting are um, published by the author themselves. But there's still kind of that hope. I mean, there's still traditional publishing happening, obviously. You know, people have that fantasy of I'm going to have that big, huge um you know, stand or display at, at a bookstore. Not that there's many of those anymore, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, with the book there and, and, you know, people are going to look at it and go right to it and buy it. But I, you know, let's, let's talk about what the difference is and how to make the choice of whether you are going to go with a traditional publisher or or self-publish. Yeah, you bet. It's actually funny. I had this conversation with, with someone yesterday and, um, if I said his name, you know, most people would probably know who he is or certainly would know the company that he co-founded. Um, but it was funny because he has he has a literary agent that's repping him and he's, you know, he's had publishers interested in his book. But he ended up coming to us because he said that, uh, you know, he said, I looked at what they were doing and they're, they're saying, I have to do 100% of the marketing. So I'm going to do all of the really hard work and they're going to give me like 25 cents per book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and he said, I kind of just all of a sudden went, why am I doing this? You know, if I, <laughs> why would I give them everything when I'm, you know, going to have to do still all of this work? So he's real he's realized that he's just going to, you know, bootstrap, bootstrap it and uh, publish the book himself. And now he has full control because the other thing that he was concerned about was they were going to retain rights. So they were going to retain his international rights and his audio rights. And he's heard stories, and it's true, that they'll retain the rights but not always do anything with them. And he said an audiobook is really important to him. Uh, and so that was one of the things is he said, you know, what if they don't, they actually don't do an audiobook, but they have the rights to this? He said, so he wanted to have control. And that's really one of the big things. If you can even get a publisher to give you a traditional deal, which is getting really hard now, unless you have some sort of celebrity status or a massive social media following, um, uh, or you happen to be uh, have a story on a really hot trending topic. Um, those are kind of the things you need right now to get a traditional publisher to look at you. If you don't have that, and you know some reason a traditional publisher does look at you, the contract isn't going to be very favorable. Um, and it's not really going to be in your in your hands. And a lot of people think the publisher is going to sell your book for you. And that's the you know awakening moment for people is they go, oh, you're just going to, you know, take 90 percent of the profits and and publish it. So edit it, you know, guide me through that. And oh, by the way, they own some of the content. So you're limited in what you can do with it. Uh, and then you still have to do, you know, 95 percent of the marketing where the advantages is they have distribution and they do have media contacts. Um, so that is an advantage of traditional publishing. But for a lot of authors now, it, it doesn't make sense for them to turn over all of that control to a publisher when, you know, this is this is their baby. This is all their expertise, their experience. And and uh, and, and they're going to have have give that over to somebody else. Right. So how does someone who's who is brand new say, okay, I'm going to write a book because there's, you know, there's a whole process to, to that. And I think it'd be interesting to kind of go through that or maybe even how you work with clients because Mm -hmm. there's so many different phases. It's not just sit down at the computer, bang out a book and it's ready for print. And now you're, you know, (laughs) listed and that's it. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's a big it's a big process. We have five we we broke it up into five phases with our company. So the first phase is we call it the pen to paper phase, which is writing. Um, and the most important piece of that, and a lot of people skip this, and I'm guilty of it too on my first book. Uh, first two books, actually, uh, is an outline, right. is having a very clear outline at the beginning. And I was of the mindset, I'll write it and figure it out as I go, which I did. Um, but I wasted probably, and you, you never know, but probably 100 hours, if not more, writing material that never made it in the book and even just trying to get my direction. So we spend a lot of time with our clients getting an outline down. And, and you know, it takes clients a month or two months. But once they've got that outline nailed down, the writing goes so much faster. You're never faced with that writer's block because you always know what section you're writing that day because you've planned it all out. Right. So the outline's so important and that's where we start is in the pen to paper. From there, it goes into the processing, which is the editing. Um, and our, our books all go through basically four edits. We have the content edit, which takes a look at the material, make sure you haven't repeated stories, make sure that you've backed things up and, um, you know, there's things are sourced and explained and, you know, it's that, it's that 30,000 foot view of your book. Yeah. Um, and then it goes through a couple of rounds of copy editing, which is the more, um, you know, and, and I know, you know, all this with oh, the yeah. ghostwriting, uh, but yeah, the copywriting is basically where your book gets slaughtered. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes back to you completely read. And, uh, and, but a lot of it is grammar and sentence, you know, too long of sentences and commas and those kind of things and moving things around. Um, and it's really the difference between an amateur piece and a professional piece is great copy, copy editing. Um, and then proofreading. So that, that's all the editing. And do you um, have but, different people doing each one of those? Yeah. And the I different have four edits. Yeah. Yeah. And I have different editors too, because uh, the person who's really great on the financial books that we have isn't necessarily the best person to uh, edit a comedic autobiographical uh, essay type collection. Right. Um, so I, I have different editors that will tackle based on their uh, their background and their expertise. So uh, yeah, I have a big roster of, of editors because it's so important to have the right editor work on, on your manuscript. I think that's so true. And just quickly before we go on into the next phase, um, you know, there's there were people that used to go, well, can you can you write it and edit it? And and it's like, oh, my goodness, there's so much that goes into the editing. Like you said, there's the there's the different phases of editing in itself. It's not just you wrote this. Now you go through it and you do one edit. It's there's so many things. There is the consistency of time. Like, wait a minute, you said 1974 here. And now all of a sudden it's 75 and, you know, things like that, that yeah. you have to be consistent with. And then like you said, that there's the copy editing, which is different than the proofreading. Mm -hmm. So and having different eyes on it, because once you've you've read it and then you go and do it again to be the copy editor and the proofreader, it can you can miss something. So to have a fresh pair of eyes on that is, is really helpful. So just any advice to anybody who is in this process or going to go through it, uh, it's it's really important. And, you know, you'll see it because there's times I have and I'm sure you have too. you've read books. They're really good books. But then you go, dang it. They totally missed a comma there or <laughs> yeah. that, that word. I know that word shouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. There's two those in there. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's funny because when I first started book launchers, um, I, I thought the writing coach would do the content edit. 
But as we got into some of the manuscripts, the writing coach said, you know what, I'm too close to this. I can't be the content editor. Yeah. And, and, and it makes perfect sense, you know, when, when, the write, when, when the first writing coach said that to me. But initially I thought, oh, yeah, the, you know, they're, they're the perfect person. But it's, again, the same thing. They can't see because they're too deep into it, just like the writer can't see all these things because they've read it too many times and, and it, they're too close to it. So, exactly. yeah, it, it's so important. Um, the third phase is publishing. And this is the real like pain in the butt part. And this is this is figuring out, you know, with the print on demand options, it's uploading to the right places so that your book is appearing where you want it to appear. Um, you know, the cool thing about self-publishing now is with what's called print on demand, your books, you don't have to have a garage full of books. Um, these print on demand companies will print the books like it sounds print on demand. So as somebody buys your book, they're printing it and sending it off to them. So you don't have to store it, ship it, do any of that stuff. Um, but there's still a whole bunch of things to get your book uploaded to make sure it's in the right format, you know, um, and of course you have to have a cover and a layout and an interior layout. And that's another thing that there's so many free tools now to do this. So you can, in theory, create your cover and do the interior layout yourself. However, I always say it's kind of like, you know, I drive a car, but I'm not going to be racing Indy 500 anytime soon. You know, just because you have the tools doesn't mean you actually know how to use it um, to get you where you want to go. And and that's the challenge with a lot of these free tools is it allows you to do it for free, but it doesn't allow you to create the book cover that's going to stand out amongst the million other book covers that you have to stand out in. Right. Um, so yeah, the publishing phase is, is a nitty gritty kind of phase. There's a lot of things that go on in there to get your book available, um, for distribution and, and out into the world. Um, and then if, then it goes into the marketing side of it, our phase four is platform. So this is, you know, who's going to be helping you market your book. You know, your, who do you have in your audience? Who do you, who do you know that has an audience that's similar to yours? So sticking with the real estate example, um, you know, my market was real new real estate investors primarily. Um, so who else has that market that doesn't compete directly with me? Um, realtors, mortgage brokers, you know, there's lots of other people, uh, real estate lawyers. They're all targeting and looking to connect with um, real estate investors. So they were perfect promotional partners for me for the book. Uh, and so there was lots of relationships there, but that all comes in and figuring out your platform, knowing who to reach, when to reach them, all of those pieces, which is all stuff we help people with. And then phase five is promotion. And really, if you want your book to keep selling promotion, phase five never ends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, for us, it, we really focus on launch because if you have good momentum out of the gate, um, it makes, you know, your book does start to show up in Amazon for the also bots and recommended. And, uh, and then it allows your book to, to, to sell some copies without you always having to market it. Um, but there certainly are things that you should do on a regular basis to keep your book in front of people. Um, but yeah, we, we really do a lot of things on, on launch that focus on like good reads, which is a phenomenal site for authors to be on. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Amazon, of course, we make sure we have a copywriter that writes your Amazon author page as well as your book marketing materials. We do a PR kit. Um, we do some podcast outreach and booking um, to get you set up for a, a bit of a launch there. So there's lots of things you can do around promote. Um, and we'll focus on what you're trying to achieve with your with your book and, and help you with it. We really market with you because the best marketing is is your relationships. So we won't do that part, but we'll guide you through what you need to do. Yeah. How often um, are you seeing your clients just give their book away for free just to create that trust and, and loyalty and, and probably eventually gain business? 
Um, we're new. So we're still, all of our clients are still, I launched this uh, in June of 2017. So the company's still new and our clients are still all in the new ones that started with me at the beginning. They're still in the manuscript editing. They're still in that process and publishing phase. So okay. I, don't have any, I don't have anybody that's gone through that yet. Free depends. I, I'm not a big fan of, because again, we're creating books that are the same quality as a traditionally published book, which is why it goes through four editors. Yeah. Um, so I'm not a big fan of doing the freebie. Uh, where I might do it is if you wanted to do a fun book signing event and uh, not a book signing, but a book launch event and you, you know, everybody in the room, Hey, pull out your Kindle, the book's free right now, go download it. And you know, it's all part of the book launch and then they can go write reviews. You know, there's things like that, that I might do, right. but uh, most of the time I'm not necessarily going to advocate people give it away for free, but it does depend on the overall strategy. Fiction, uh, if you've got a trilogy or a series, I would absolutely give the first one away free. Um, but nonfiction, you know, what does a free book say? You know, to me, it says sales pitch. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to no, be that's careful. That's true. So it, it, right. It, it probably has its time and place for certain things. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. So you work with um, fiction authors as well as nonfiction. No, we're strictly nonfiction. Oh, you are. Oh, OK. Gotcha. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Awesome. Um, okay. So here's, here's a big burning question then. There's people that definitely think, you know, I should have a book. I'm an expert in such and such field and I want to have a book, but I suck at writing. I'm horrible. (laughs) I have to have, you know, my assistant proof check my emails. I mean, I've heard that a lot, you know, like if it weren't for spell check, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, how do I even craft a story? Uh, I have all this stuff in my head. I don't know what to do. So what, you know, what is somebody like that? How can somebody like that be an author? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great question. Um, part of the answer is we have a writing coach. And so the writing coach guides you through all of this. My big thing is I could have ghostwriters on staff, but I really want to help people write their book. Um, and, and become an author so they can say like, Hey, I wrote this book. Um, but yeah, there's people that don't write. And we actually have one client who he cannot write. Um, he has, uh, he never graduated high school and he just, he's just terrible at writing. Um, and so what he's doing is he's worked really closely with the writing coach. The writing coach actually wrote out his outline for him. And now he's speaking the book. Um, so he's recording it into a recorder, each section. And it's very detailed, like what should be covered in each section. And then he's getting it transcribed. And then because we do have four, it's going to go through four edits. Um, you know, we can clean it up so that it sounds like something that you've written, not spoken. Uh, and so that's how we tackle people, uh, that really can't write or don't want to write. I have another client who, um, she's on TV five days a week. So she's always prepping for her next show. She does not have time to write this book. So what, what we figured out for her is at the end of every day, she has a 45 minute drive back home. And so she gets in her car, turns on her recorder and speaks out that section. And it's working great for her too. Cause a lot of, uh, she's her books on media. And so she's throwing in some stories of things that happened that day as she's going home. So it's kind of working out well for her because she's recording these stories too. So there's lots of ways to tackle it. And because we have a writing coach that works with you, you're always making sure that you've got good story structure, that you know what you're covering and, and you know, the writing coach tells you if something's weak. Yeah. Well, that's refreshing to hear <laughs> sure for a lot of people. So I usually ask this question at the beginning, but I, I would love to hear what made you decide to launch this business because I know you, you know, 
you were a successful real estate investor, you you are an entrepreneur. What was it about the book business that you that made you passionate to get involved and, and launch this company? Yeah. So my company, uh, I, we still have our real estate investing company, but uh, I'd also started a real estate training and education company and it was doing very, very well. Um, but I was getting tired of coaching people. Uh, I just kept thinking, I just need a service business so I can do the work for them. Yeah. Because <laughs> after a while, it's like, you know, you tell everybody to do it and a lot of people just won't do the very thing they need to do. So uh, if I could do it for them, I'd kept thinking. And at the same time as that thought was happening, I was helping more and more people with books because my 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 first book um, I'm from Canada originally and so my first book uh, I released it in Canada and it went to number one overall on Amazon as a printed book you know selling for twenty four dollars so it's hanging out with Dan Brown and the Game of Thrones series uh-huh. and you know with that kind of success a lot of people contacted me asking for help so I was helping a lot of people for free on the side just you know even traditionally published authors I did a lot of work with uh, published with authors that were working with Wiley um, for their real estate books and bit by bit I just kept thinking kind of a similar thought like if I could just turn them over to my team this would be so much better rather yeah. than me trying to explain to them how to do each step um, and so the combined uh, thoughts of I don't want to coach I want to have a service company and I really just want to have a company that helps people with their books um, I, I birthed book launchers if you will uh, at the same time and, and we happen to be moving to the US um, which was a perfect time for me to hire all the team for this and I found LA in particular which is where we're based to be a hotbed of creatives who yeah. are phenomenal for oh, this yeah. business so yeah it worked out great that's awesome I love it well there's so many there's so many good takeaways from this whole from an interview and and everything that you've said and I'm obviously totally a fan of having a book and having people help you I think it's so important <laughs> so important <laughs> like there's and, and you know especially too once you've done it on your own to actually have a, a team or you know experts that can help you through the whole process because there's so many questions and so many things that you could I mean you could definitely research and go through but there's a lot of things that you can avoid by having mm-hmm. a team like yours. So I hope that our listeners do go and check you out at it's booklaunchers.com. And um, Julie, you're awesome. I love the fact that you've been through the whole process yourself and now you're helping people to do it. So thank you so much for all you do and for talking to me today. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on your show. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Your home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests.